Hello and welcome to GBBO The Bake Down, the unofficial Great British Bake Off podcast. I'm your host, Kira, and on this podcast, we are going to break down or bake down every episode of The Great British Bake Off. Things might get a little technical, but hopefully, in the end, it'll be a showstopper. On your marks, get set, podcast. Hello, and welcome back to GBBO The Bake Down, episode two of the unofficial Great British Bake Off podcast. Thank you for listening. And today I'm going to continue on with the winners. So where we left off was 2011. So I'm going to be moving on to 2012, 2013 and 14 and maybe 15. I'm not sure, but we'll see how far we get. This is all based on a show you can watch on all four at the moment on the Channel 4 website called GBBO The Winners. And it kind of goes through all the early winners And then there's going to be, well, there is another episode there, but I'm just going to do the first episode today. So if you hear any uh, noises in the background, it's probably just my dog snoring behind me. He's sitting right here beside me, so I can keep an eye on him, but he's really um, fast asleep. So what we're going to do, we're going to start with 2012, which is where we left off on the last episode. And what's interesting about this episode is there are three men left baking in the final And they are John, Brendan and James. And they're all fantastic bakers uh, in their own right. First of all, we are reminded about John, who is a law student. And um, his mum has taught him a lot about baking. And uh, he's described in the voiceover as having a baker's ear and a poet's tongue using fantastic vocabulary. Um, And talking about how your bread will sing to you if it's not quite ready and things like that. Um, and he was crowned the star baker in week two. Um, but we also see a few of his struggles and Paul describes his mess um, of a chocolate breeze block. He describes it um, and how he kind of struggles with consistency a little bit. And we see a kind of a little scary scene where he uh, cuts his hand and making a strudel and his blood. And it's, it's kind of a little bit one of those uh, scary moments that obviously can happen in the tent. We're also um, introduced to Brendan, who is a fantastic baker. He's a semi-retired recruitment manager and a part-time cellist. And in his spare time, he has uh, decided to make the breads of the world. So he's made 90 so far and he has such a strong knowledge and Paul is obviously in awe of him because he's the bread master, as we know. And yeah, he's <laughs> he's shown oiling up his arms um, and rolling up his sleeves to get ready. And he looks he looks like he's going to do really well. Um, so uh, we are told that they're all won uh, lots of star bakers. Um, we, there is also a third guy in the final. That's James. He's from Scotland. And at the age of 21, he's the competition's youngest baker. And he's very experiment, experimentative. He's very um, experimental. And uh, we see like a chili macaroon and things like this. So um, when we look at John's background, his family are, they seem very shocked that he has made it this far. And um, we, we see them make, have a challenge of making a pativier which I've never heard of that before, well, obviously just on the show, but it's a French kind of pie. It looks like a savoury pie. And John, um, he just has some really interesting insights, as in he's kind of talking about how uh, bakers, they're not dainty little housewives. He says they're controlling people who want to be told that they're 
loved and that is interesting yeah bakers they i'm sure they have to be kind of control freaks in their own way and he kind of shows um it shows nice clips of him with his family and you know he's feeding his family his bakes but he says you're never going to get the same uh the same feedback from them so it's interesting um to remember that like you know Paul and Mary they did demand perfection and I think that's what made the show so good so it comes to uh, one of their big challenges um not to have a soggy bottom on which um that was the pativia <laughs> we already talked about that so we've Brendan James and John unfortunately James his has a bit of a soggy bottom and you see obviously Paul scraping the bottom of the pativiers with his cake cutting uh utensil and um, Brendan's has a lovely crispy bottom and so does John have a crispy bottom and um Mary is delighted with the taste of it nice flavors inside for their technical they have to make 25 fondant fancies and it looks like a complete mess um Brendan who's obviously who's um generally very um on the ball with these things he's uh his one is just he's are so messy um and interestingly James even though he didn't do well in the first um signature break he comes first in this technical and Brendan and John have kind of a joint last place so when it comes to their showstopper they have to make a chiffon cake for the um final which it's you can see outside the tent there it's torrentially raining so um James he suffers a setback in the final where his cake tin falls on the ground which of course is a nightmare for any baker um but Brendan he is such precision um, and they mentioned John has such flair. So it's kind of a battle between those two. Um, Brandon makes a beautiful cake, family reunion cake, it's called. Um, Paul says the sponge is like a cloud. And Mary is delighted with the raspberry flavours. And um, John look uh, makes a beautiful, rich chocolate cake. And Mary and Paul uh, have the task of deciding the winner. And Mel and Sue are quizzing them on that and... Paul says that they looked at each other at the same time and said the same name. So the tension is mounting when you're watching this. You're kind of thinking, who's it going to be? But the final winner is John. And he says it means the world to him and his mom is happy. That's all that matters. But he is in absolute shock. And I think it kind of stood out to me that, you know, the, the winners are such wordy winners. They're normally fully in shock at the time. They're normally quite humble as well. Um, and... It can be quite emotional watching them winning. So we move on to 2013 and it's the complete opposite. It's three lady finalists this time. Um, and Mel and Sue are there and they're describing the three lady finalists, Francis, Ruby and Kimberly. Um, so we hear a lot about Francis and Ruby. Um, so Francis likes to make kind of humorous bakes. Um, she makes a, a sandwich that's, well, it looks like a sandwich, but it's a Victoria sponge. Um, she makes fabulous bread sticks that look like matches and um but unfortunately this she's getting the same uh, comments from mary and paul every week which is style over substance um she's a children's fashion designer so her bakes are very inspiring they're fantastic um and they they are what makes this show you know interesting people coming up with these fantastic ideas but um are her flavors always there i'm not sure ruby has the opposite problem to francis her decoration is what she struggles on and she <laughs> can crack under pressure a little bit. But I do remember when, when I was watching this in real time that she was a, a popular contestant at the time. Um, so it comes to making a picnic pie. 
challenge with the three finalists and um they they have to make sure that there's no soggy bottom again this is a common theme um so rubies is looking good um francis has lovely lattice work it looks very heavy but the layers are amazing um and paul says maybe i could have done with five to ten minutes more ruby's one looks like <laughs> this is the comment she gets it looks like francis made it so she nor she said she normally dreads being compared to francis but she said it was a favorable comparison that time um now they're technical they have to make pretzels apologies and yeah i can't remember who won that one but let's move on to the showstopper because they have to make a three-tiered wedding cake and it's really nice to see the friendship between the three of them, Francis, Kimberly and Ruby. They look like they, they're really there for each other and they support each other and they, you can see them hugging and, you know, it's it's one of those nice things that, you know, it's not it's not a, it's not too competitive. Maybe it is, but anyway, we'll move on to Francis one. Um, she gets amazing praise from Mary and Paul. Hers, um, Mary says her cake is very pretty it's it's really nice it's really original it's really effective there's like little bees on it it's these little um flower petals she made out of rhubarb um and paul loves the flavor of the ginger cake when it comes to rubies unfortunately they're not seeing enough decoration from her it's just showing molding um molding is that type of decoration i suppose um and she hasn't really branched out into any other kinds of decoration and they say that it's kind of dark, it's kind of dry, overbaked. And you can see Ruby crying and knowing that she feels a little bit disappointed. But then the winner is crowned Frances and she wins the lovely glass cake stand, which must have been the um, thing that replaced the... Uh, <laughs> what did we have the last time? There was like a big kind of trophy. It was a little bit strange looking, but it was kind of... I suppose they have to move with the times. The glass cake stand is very classy. It's very, very nice. So Frances is delighted. She says she's on cloud nine and it looks like it hasn't hit her yet. So um, yeah, the, the winner is a worthy winner. So moving on to series five, 2014. Um, 12 bakers um, started and there was 30 challenges ahead of them. And the tent actually moved to a new location that time. It was Welford Park in Newbury. So first we're introduced to Richard, who is a builder from uh, London, and he has the skills of a sculptor and a painter. And uh, Paul tells him he's seriously in the wrong job. <laughs> so he won Starbaker five times, which is a record that still stands. So that's quite interesting. And Mary is um, impressed with his the delicate results he can uh, bring to it, and he has fantastic skills. So um Paul actually makes a comment that everyone thinks that because he won at five, Star Baker five times that he's a judge's favourite. And Paul says sternly, we have no favourites. So that's that's his way of saying, yeah, it's anyone's game. Because we're introduced then to the next contestant, which is Nancy. And um, she made a coffee roulade. And she's a grandmother and we are shown that her husband has made her a guillotine to cut her um, cakes or her roulades, I suppose, or her loaves. And uh, it's really cool. It's, uh, I really like one of those. Um, and her husband kind of talks about how she's, when she puts her mind to something, she'll she'll get it done. And talking about how when she was, um, she's so focused on everything. When she was training her dog, she actually ended up taking the dog to Crufts, which I thought was kind of cool because I, I'm I, in the last 
while I've kind of been watching a few bits of crufts online and I'm kind of like oh that's so cool I would love to do that <laughs> but I know it would take a lot of work but um yeah I've kind of been getting into the dog training stuff myself and uh, if you are into it there are a lot of uh, good programs online um of course there's a dog whisperer but uh, if you're looking for something more um from this side of the pond the Victoria Stillwell she had a show called it's me or the dog and I remember I probably used to be on like Sky or Living back in the day and I did used to watch it but it's uh I love watching it it's really good now she she does have an American version as well which is very good as well but um the distinction I think between UK and I guess you could say Irish but the kind of European um reality TV and American TV is so different I mean like the American TV, I do love American reality TV, of course, certain shows, but it's just the music and everything. It's very dramatic. Um, the drama is, is center stage, but in British TV, it's more it's more realistic. And you'll definitely notice that if you watch It's Me or the Dog um, when she visits uh, houses to deal with dog behavior in the UK it's, it's it's I feel like you get a lot more out of it you actually learn a lot from it and um, to deal with dogs um and I feel the exact same way about Gordon Ramsay I I do I'm a big Gordon Ramsay fan um of his shows um and obviously he had Kitchen Nightmares and um, Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares was a, a British reality show and then it's taken off huge in America and he has lots of spin-off shows now in America but that particular show Kitchen Nightmares where he goes into the restaurant I really love the English version more. I think it's so, it's it's quite gritty. It's quite realistic. Um, you actually see him go on a journey and not that he doesn't go on the journey with the American shows, but you can see it kind of, it's a bit more, the scenes in the American Kitchen Nightmares, they kind of, <laughs> they hit different. It's just way, way more drama. But the one in the UK, it's... Uh, it's it's really you go on a journey with them and I love those episodes like absolutely love them um I just love how you can take a restaurant or maybe because I'm from Ireland or I'm familiar with this kind of these kind of restaurants it's like you can relate to it more but definitely the production is completely different um in the UK and in America so I suppose that's probably why I, I love GBBO and I love The Apprentice and different shows like that and that kind of have that style. Um, so where was I? I was talking about Nancy. <laughs> I went off on a tangent. So Nancy is a fantastic baker, but she is um, what they describe as a skeptical of Paul's opinion. Um, he calls one of her puddings dry and she does not agree. Um, and she just doesn't care for the baking conventions that are part of it. Um, you know, for example, she proves her bread in the microwave, which I'm sure Paul would uh, never do. But we get to the final and we hear uh, Richard is making a pan au lait, I think, for the signature, uh, a milk bread. And Paul says it's too simple and it's a batch bake. They should not be touching. So he is disappointed in Richard's um, method of cooking there and you know he does judge him harshly on that when they get to the technical um they have to make a tarte citron which richard puts too much eggs in to it and it becomes like scrambled egg it's over egged 
as he says. Um, they kind of the technical is kind of like three different bakes on an afternoon tea stand kind of thing. And for the tarot of citron, they actually had to write citron in chocolate, and he wrote. And Paul commented, "Look like he wrote colon." So, needless to say, Richard is not having a good day of the bakes, and Nancy is going into the. Uh, showstopper feeling confident because she has come first in the technical and for the showstopper they have to make some sort of a windmill thing it's fantastic really looks like a huge construction and yes nancy is crowned the winner and she wins the glass cake stand and she looks like she's an absolute surprise shock and awe and well-deserved winner and a fantastic baker all the same um another thing to note is louis Troiano was the third um, finalist and unfortunately he died in October 2020 um, at the age of 48 from uh, esophageal cancer and uh, he d he was a fantastic baker of course and he actually has his own book called Bake It Great um, which is um, available and uh, there I think at the end of the show there is a message um, for uh, Louis and for him to rest in peace um, and thinking of all his family as well. So we do get a little um, bit of a preview for the next few winners that are coming up on the next episode. And there is a fantastic little clip of Rahul and he's talking, <laughs> he's being asked, how would you describe yourself? <laughs> One word to describe yourself. And he says, depressing. And it's just his delivery of that word is just absolutely fantastic. Um, so that's the end of the winners. Um, I know it was kind of a short episode today, but I did just want to finish off that, that episode. And what I will do, I'll try and record um, the next winners coming up to the most recent present day of Bake Off before we um, move on to the new Bake Off episodes which I'm sure will be a lot more exciting because um, it's a lot more exciting just looking at a current series than looking back in hindsight but thank you so much for listening and I will see you on the next one.